Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. And almost Happy New Year, right? If you have a Bible, uh, you can go and open up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, and, and as you're turning there, I'll, I'll just ask how was your week? How'd it go? Christmas time, you know? All kinds of stuff going on. I, I hope that it was filled with close family or, or good friends, with giving and receiving gifts, with tasty food, and all those things that holidays ought to be. Uh, however, I'm sure that, you know, in a room this size and, and, and with this uh, many people, that, that there are some for whom the holidays can be quite challenging. Uh, some who feel more lonely this time of year at the knowledge that others are, are gathering with friends and family. Uh, that there are some who feel the tension and conflict of relationships that have been strained or, or lost. I'm feeling that more pointedly this time of year. Or others might feel the ache of those who have been lost and feel that absence more sharply during holidays like this. So whether the week was filled with those, those sparks of joy or those tinges of grief or perhaps some mix of both, we are all here. And we're all bringing our joys and our griefs and ourselves to God. And also, no matter who you are, we're not only here in this place, but we're here at this time with only two and a half days left in the year. And this makes me wonder, as we think about this past year and, and just a couple of days that we have left, have you gotten everything done that you plan to get done this year? Did you keep all of your resolutions that you set a year ago? Did you finish all the projects that you wanted to do? Maybe a better question, did you start the projects that you wanted to do? You know? Man, there is only a couple of days left, and there is so much yet to do, right? And, and if all of that makes you feel a little anxious, just remember all of those Christmas presents that you just got, right? That should make you feel better. You know, that should fill all of those anxious places in your hearts, right? Or no? No, pro probably not. That anxiety is, is still there. You see, this is the human condition. This is what it is to be human. No matter how much you get done, there is always more to do. And no, no matter how much stuff you get, there's always more to have, right? And underneath all of that, there is always this sort of gnawing sensation of not enough, not enough. What you have isn't enough. What you do isn't enough. Who you are isn't enough. So naturally, we, we need to do more, get more, and, and be more, right? That's what it feels like. And all of that anxiety can start to cause us to kind of glitch up 
like a computer that freezes, right? You, you know that. Uh, and everyone knows the solution for when our technology starts to glitch. You turn it off and you turn it back on again, right? This is the universal solution that always solves the problem. The internet went down. We'll turn the router off and turn it back on again and the internet's back, right? Your, your phone's not sending or receiving messages. Turn it off, turn it back on again and there you go, maybe it's working again. Your computer is frozen, well, turn it off, turn it back on again, and maybe it'll get going. You know, and, and we are really no different than all of the technology, right? We sometimes also need a bit of a reboot ourselves. And I think this time of year is a perfect time for that reboot. And I'm not really talking about New Year's, although I guess I could be, but I'm talking about Christmas. I mean, it, it actually is still Christmas, believe it or not. Uh, the first day of Christmas was this past Wednesday, and there really are 12 days of Christmas. And so we're only at day five. We have quite a bit more of celebrating to do, quite a bit more of remembering Christ among us. So while everyone else is moving on and running into next year, let's dwell with this. Because this story kind of is a reboot. It's a restart. It's a time to go back to the beginning of the story when Jesus was born. And in this story, we hear what our hearts so long to hear in the midst of all of our anxiety and that, that gnawing sensation within us, we hear the angels singing, peace, peace on earth. And so with that, let's read this story from Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and it was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. 
And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time of year and for the gift of our own reboot, to remember the story and remember the truth that you are with us. God, I pray that as we consider the words of these scriptures, that you would sharpen our minds and soften our hearts, that we might know you and love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So glory to God in the highest and peace to people on earth. If you were here last week, we talked a little bit about glory. And this week, I want to reflect on peace together. Peace on earth. And and so far this morning, we've already established that we all carry around with us a great deal of anxiety. Right, either about our time, our stuff, or ourselves. But what would it look like if there were peace instead of that anxiety within us? I think most of the time, we think of peace as an absence of something. We think of peace as, as the absence of something. Think of some of our phrases. Right? There's the phrase, peace and quiet. Peace and quiet, right? The idea is that peace is the absence of noise and distraction, right? So peace and quiet. Ah, there's quiet. There's peace. You know, or think about this phrase, speak now or forever hold your peace. Holding peace means, well, staying quiet. It means not saying something. So again, there's this sense that peace is the absence of something. You know, or there are peace talks that countries might enter into whenever they're at war with one another to consider how might we make peace. And the idea in that is that peace is the absence of war. And so there's, in fact, this great irony that if you search the news headlines for the word peace, what mostly pops up is stories about war. I did it this morning, and that's what showed up, you know? And and this is this great irony, because for some reason, we define peace as the absence of something. But throughout the scriptures, peace actually means so much more than that. The, The Hebrew idea of peace is not the absence of something but rather the presence of something. 
Peace is actually something that has substance in and of itself. In fact, that is the actual meaning of the word. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Some of you might know this. And the root of the word shalom means whole or complete. So truly, it is not the absence of something. The root meaning of it is the presence of wholeness, the complete presence of something. And quite often throughout Scripture, the word shalom is used kind of as a greeting uh, to one another. It's a greeting like we would say hello or goodbye. They would say shalom. And when someone departs, they're often told, peace be with you. Or the narrative will say something like, and they left in peace. And it really is a lot like our word, goodbye, which we probably don't think about too often. But when you say goodbye, you're not just wishing not bad upon someone. You're wishing good upon them when you say goodbye. And shalom is the same way. It's not only wishing for someone to avoid conflict of some sort, but rather for them to actually carry with and encounter peace along their way, for them to have wholeness in their being. And so peace is not only the absence of something, but the presence of something. And we especially see this throughout some of the wisdom literature as well. In Proverbs chapter 3, there's this promise that following the way of wisdom will bring length of days, years of life, and abundant shalom. Abundant welfare. And the promise of shalom in that verse is a full life. Length of days, years of life. A life that is not missing one day or one year. A life that is whole and complete. This is peace. Peace. Shalom is also seen as something of substance in the Psalms. Psalm 29 is this prayer for God to give strength to his people and to bless his people with peace. And then Psalm 34 says to seek peace and pursue it. Right? So shalom is something that can be given. It is something that can be pursued and sought after. Peace is not merely an absence but a presence, something with substance, something that is whole and complete. And perhaps one of the best pictures of peace is the picture of creation. The story goes, at first the earth is formless and void with darkness over the deep and sort of this ominous churning waters. Right? There's not only chaos that needs to be settled down, but there's a void that needs to be filled. And so God speaks, and there is light and land and plants and animals, and there is not only the ordering of chaos, but rather the, the fullness of creation. And at the end of all of it, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day 
and he hallowed it. He made it holy because on it he rested from all the work that he had done in creation. And so the seventh day is the day when creation was complete. Creation was whole. It is this day of shalom, of wholeness and completion. And God's people would always rest on the seventh day, on the Sabbath day. You know, and it was, it's like we were talking about earlier. It was this day for sort of a reboot to turn off and turn back on again. And to this day, the proper Jewish greeting for Sabbath is this, Shabbat Shalom, Sabbath peace. This is how the day is held. It's a day not merely for the absence of work, but to rest in the wholeness and the fullness of God. And then, as I think about this, something that strikes me is that though God finishes creation on the seventh day, he's not done, right? Creation's complete, but God is only beginning the great story of the heavens and the earth. It's only chapter two. And this is true of peace as well. Though peace is whole and complete, peace is not the end. Peace is not like finally crashing into your bed at the end of a long, tiring day. Rather, peace is like that deep breath you take as you begin the day. This is the wholeness of shalom. The fullness that is peace. And all of this history, all of this meaning that we're talking about is bound up in this angel song, Peace on Earth. Now there's a bit more history going on here as well. Because the angels don't only sing of peace on earth, but they also announce good news at the birth of a Savior. And they do this when? In the days of Emperor Augustus. All right, so when this happened, when Jesus was born, about 30 years prior to this moment of angelic celebration, there was another great celebration that had taken place. Octavian, a great Roman leader, had just won the final war of the Roman Republic. And he would be made emperor and renamed Augustus. And he was the great emperor and ruler of the Roman Empire. Augustus was celebrated as the savior of Rome, as the one who brought peace. He brought in this era that would come to be known as the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. And he was celebrated as this person. There is this excerpt of an inscription from 9 BC, and it reads this. Augustus was sent as a savior, both for us and for our descendants, that he might end war and arrange all things. It goes on to say, the birthday of the god Augustus was the beginning 
of the good news of the world that came by reason of him. Does this sound familiar to any of you? Like something else you might have read or heard. Perhaps something else that the angels said that night. You see, the Roman citizens celebrated Augustus as their savior. He was their lord, their ruler. He was even their god who brought about the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, this peace on earth. And this was good news for the whole world. But then the angels show up and they set the record straight. Because in verse 10, the angel says to them, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And these words would have been familiar to any Roman citizen. They would have heard that and gone, yeah, I've heard that before. But it would have been perplexing to the shepherds because they've heard this before. They've heard good news. They've heard great joy. They've heard that, yeah, that's already been announced. Right? There, was, there already was a Savior and a Lord who brought about peace and ruled. And it would have been really easy for them to miss the gravity of what the angels are proclaiming. I think it might be kind of like an angel appearing to us today from God and announcing, I bring good news to you. You are free. And then we respond, yeah, I know. I live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And the angel says, no, no, no. You are free. Really free. Or perhaps it would be like an angel announcing, good news, you shall be abundantly blessed. And then we turn and look under our Christmas tree and we say, yeah, isn't it great? I've got so many blessings here. I'm so grateful. And the angel says, no, no, no. You are blessed. Truly blessed abundantly. Right? These words are familiar to us, but it's so easy to miss their true, deep significance. Because you see, we, we think we're free, and yet we've already seen that anxiety holds us captive. We think that our society is free, and yet addictions abound. And we think we're blessed, and yet we always seem to want more. We think that it's a, it's a blessed society, and yet poverty and homelessness abound. Freedom and blessing have become for us these political and economic words just like Savior and Lord were for them. 
But the angels appear to us even today in this text to tell us that amidst our own sense of political freedom or economic blessing, there truly is a greater freedom and a greater blessing to be known, to be experienced. But it will not be known through productivity, through checklists, through work, through getting everything done that you meant to get done this year. Nor will it be known through accumulating wealth and filling our homes and closets with stuff. Just like the Roman Empire, we have often looked to all the wrong places to ease our anxiety and to fulfill our hopes. The angels appear to tell us that there is a Lord and a Savior who has come to bring freedom and blessing, to set us free from our enslavement to sin, and to bless us even amidst our spiritual poverty. And because of his arrival, they burst into song. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Peace on earth. And they sing this truly because peace has come to earth. Shalom has arrived. Not the absence of something, but wholeness, completion, the presence of something, of someone. With the birth of Jesus, creation is once again complete. The earth truly is made whole. God once again dwells among his people. This is the announcement and the song of the angels. You have been looking for peace in all the wrong places, but peace is here. Peace has arrived, is available. That gnawing feeling of not enough can be put to rest. Wholeness can be experienced. Shalom has come as your Savior, the person, Jesus Christ. Remember the opening reading that we began our morning with. This promise of God in your midst, a mighty one who saves, who quiets you by his love. This is the God who in coming to us and dwelling with us truly brings peace and fills all that once was empty. So, I want to ask, 
Where are the places that you have been searching for peace? Maybe it's in doing things or getting things. What are those places that you have been searching for? Or maybe, maybe you've believed the the misconception that peace is just the absence of conflict or the absence of distress. And so you've avoided conflict or you've avoided hard work. But when the very peace of God came into the world in Jesus, he was not avoiding conflict. He was heading straight into conflict. He went straight into the temple where he would overturn tables. He went straight to the cross where he gave his life for us. And it is by his blood on the cross that he has made peace with all things, things in heaven and things on earth. And this peace is not the absence of conflict, but rather the presence of God. Wholeness. Shalom. And so not only where are the places you've been searching for peace that don't offer it, but also, what are the places you've been avoiding that God might be calling you into to bring that peace? Those places of service, of love, those places where we too are called to dwell with, bring the peace of God with us. My prayer is that as this year draws to its own completion, that we all would find our completion in the fullness of Christ, who makes all things whole, who is our peace. May it be so.